listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker, e-reader, and mumbler. <laughs> should That's I let Sean? Shout I, out to Sean. <laughs> should I add loud laugher to the end of mine? <laughs> this episode, we're taking off another box in the 2023 Reading Glasses Glasses Challenge, tracking your book locations. We're also interviewing Cody Daigle Orians about his new book. I am Ace and solving a reader problem about graphic novel guilt. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I um, read a book by a podcaster who is also obviously a writer and a researcher and 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 other things. It's called "You Need to Lose Weight and Other Nineteen <gasps> oh my God. and Nineteen Other Myths About Fat People" by Aubrey Gordon. And I actually I listened to it. It's read by Aubrey. This is such a buzzy book. Is it? I see, a t- I think a ton of classers are reading this right now. Well, I listen to Aubrey's, uh, Aubrey has a podcast called Maintenance Phase, um, which I super enjoy. It's all about, it's about like diets and things that you, that like pop culture-y sort of like scammy diets and, um, or ones that were just like big for a while and like books that were like came out, like that were like, oh, why French people are all skinny. What was that book? Oh, yeah. French people eat whatever they want or something. Yeah, some horrible. As if French people are just like chugging buckets of butter all the time. Yeah. And so she and her co-host do a really good job of like kind of like debunking things um, in stuff like that in their podcast. And um, so I got to listening to her that way. But then they did an episode about this book. And of course, I went and got the book because I'm a big fan. And then I wanted to listen to it because I already liked her voice. I knew I liked her voice from listening to it, uh, listening to the podcast, but it's great. It's it's exactly what it tells you. 19 myths, 20 full myths, 20 full myths about uh, about fat people and the things that people think like, oh, you just need to lose weight or um, uh, fat people are unhealthy or we're in the midst of an obesity epidemic. And she goes through and like debunks all of these things. And it, you know what? It was quite eye-opening for me because there are things that I know I've heard myself say that I was like, wow, I really need to think about that or um, things that... Well, this is uh, so much stuff that's so ingrained. It's so ingrained and also people say it and they act like there is science to back it up and... But there isn't. There is not science to back it up. <laughs> like, for example, the thing I brought up like 40 times since reading this book is that, did you know BMI is all based on um, uh, adult white men? No, I did not. So BMI is, you know what a BMI is. Yeah. And like, that is really interesting to me because they apply it to women, yeah. children, all sorts of people who are mm-hmm. not adult white men. And like that, that alone is something where we should really like consider why we think that this is an okay level. And there's like a ton of research like showing how that fat people are not less healthy than, nope. than skinny people. Um, and that, that's really interesting because we are not talking about that enough. I really got a lot out of this book. I've uh, I have used a lot of these facts. I, it's a real nice fact book where you get to like tell people what you've learned. You oh know? yeah, like oh, I it's, it's a this. fun party fact book. It is a very fun party fact book. Um, and I can see why it's buzzy because I think um she did a lot of research, but then she also put a lot of heart into the book. I just really got a lot out of it. It seems like it's a book that we need right now. I agree, especially I, after the pandemic, where everyone's like, "Oh, you got to diet away the pandemic." Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe like I don't fit into my jeans anymore, like things mm-hmm. like that. Which you know, I I'm guilty of saying all of that stuff, you know. And that was yeah, something we, it really made me like reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading? Oh, I started telling you about this book the second I came in the door, yes. and I Mallory walked in without a greeting and just and just, I literally uh, whipped this book out of my purse <laughs> and I was like, "Look at this book." Um, 
So I'm reading a book from an author that both of us really like. We both yeah. read his nonfiction. It's Kiese Lehman, and this is his novel, uh, Long Division. And you're going to love it because it's a time travel I'm book. I'm so excited about it. Oh, my God. I love this book so much. I started reading it from the library, couldn't stop. And then we're in L.A. today, and I immediately walked over to Skylight, and they had one copy left, and I got it. Uh, it's about this. So it takes place in 2013 in the wake of Katrina, and it's this um, young boy, and he is on his way down to Mississippi to where his grandmother lives, but also because he's doing this big televised competition that's kind of like this big spelling bee but instead it's about using a word in a sentence and it's him and one of his other classmates and they're both black and they get there and they realize that both of them have the horrifying realization that the only reason they're there even though they like did better than everybody else mm. have like are like absolutely fucking incredible at what they do the reason why they're being like promoted by this competition is because they're black and in, in the wake of katrina yeah. and so the little this boy who is like i think he's in he's probably 12 or 11 he literally gets up to the mic for his first word and is like fuck all of you oh, and like tells everybody off and it's so amazing and he becomes like an overnight sort of celebrity and his mom is like this is not gonna work out so she he sent his mom sends him to go stay with his grandmother who lives out in like the middle of nowhere you mm. know she has no tv in uh, louisiana yes yeah because he's from louisiana that oh, yes um or mississippi is he from I think he's somewhere. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in that area. Someone uh, is from, he is, people are from somewhere. People are from somewhere. Yeah. That is great <laughs> theme for this episode. Uh, but he, in, so before he leaves and before he gets there, he finds this book called Long Division and he realizes the book is, the protagonist is the same, has the same name as him, mm. looks exactly like him, ha has a very similar life to him. And, um, and the, there, there's, time travel gets involved and i showed yeah. bria the book looks the same front and back like the if you flip the book over it has the same cover on both sides so cool and half the book is printed upside down to the other to the other half of the book so you can yeah. read it both ways if you want i think but when do you know to switch well what happens is so you, there's alternating chapters and you realize that this book that he's reading, Long Division, takes place in 1985 with the same boy uh. that, is, that is him. And you you, you can't read. At first, you're like, wait a minute. Is he reading this book or is this stuff actually happening? And then the two, two timelines start to cross over and you don't. It is. And the thing that I want to talk about also, besides the fact that it's so cool and the time travel stuff, is the way this book is written. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's so urgent. Like, you immediately, like, from the first page, you're like, whoa, I got to pay yeah. attention but to he's this. He's such a good writer. He's such a fucking yeah. good writer. And the voice of this kid is so funny. And, like, just, the way that it's written is so incredible. I was just, like, blown away. I can't wait to, to finish it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so that's Long Division by Kiese Lehman. And mine is You Just Need to Lose Weight and 19 Other Myths About Fat People by Aubrey Gordon, read by Aubrey Gordon. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Jean wrote in to say, Hi, Brie and Mallory. I'm listening to the latest episode, 290. And someone mentioned that he read a lot of books because the girls he had crushes on was reading. <laughs> because the girls he had crushes on were reading them. And I did this too. When I was in fourth grade and didn't realize I was queer, I distinctly remember sitting in the library leading up to the Scholastic Book Fair and watching the trailer of some of the books that would be there. May Bird and the Ever After by Jody Lynn Anderson was on there. And I felt kind of meh about it until my friend said she wanted to get it. And then I wanted to get it. Oh, me too, me too. Me, me too, me too. <laughs> so when the fair came, I did buy it and read it and loved it. Oh. And I also got my mom to read it and she loved it too. I think you would also both like it, especially Mallory, since it's middle grade supernatural. Ooh, 
cute. I probably would love it. And to this day, it's my favorite middle grade trilogy. And I don't actually know if my friend bought it. But looking back, I can de- I can see that I definitely had a crush on her and didn't realize it. I love this like reading books to impress hot people. But I also love the added layer of like looking back and be like, oh, I was queer. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, I, I love I love both of those realizations. So cute. Jenna wrote in with a hot book tip. I don't have, we don't have our slide oh, whistles. Oh, hot book tip. We're doing it, doing it natural. Yeah, natural <laughs> book tip. This is when you actually just get way wheels via mouth. Hot book tip. Um, hi, Brie Mallory. Just wanted to let you know for this part of the challenge, there are ways on most smartphones to add background noise when listening through headphones. What is the challenge? To listen to background oh, okay. music. Okay. This is great because most of the time it can be used when listening to other media, so it will still work for audiobooks, or if you like listening to music, they can be found in accessibility settings and are great. On iPhones, they have options for balanced noise, bright noise, dark noise, as well as more classic sounds like ocean, rain, and stream. I love this for travel because it's already saved on your phone. No Wi-Fi connection needed. Apple has a guide to how to turn them on. Mallory's putting it on right now. Apple's got to turn it on on their settings page, but once it's on, it will show up in the control center dropdown where you can adjust brightness. I love this part of the challenge because my favorite cozy reading vibes are listening to channels like Guild of Ambience on Ooh. YouTube. And now what is Guild of Ambience? Oh. Guild so of I'm Ambience? testing this out right now. If you go to, if you have an iPhone and you go to accessibility settings and then you go to audio visual, it is in there. So if you want to like some white noise right there on your iPhone. Honestly, what a hot book tip. That is a very I hot book tip. I can't even, this is a hot life tip. Calm book tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is an easy listening book tip. A smooth Wait, book tip in the morning. Get right into, right, right into it. Wow, that's cool. Uh, then Amy wrote in to say, Hi, Brian Mallory. I know you have talked about Little Free Libraries quite a bit on the show. I am a Little Free Library steward. Mm. I love that they're called stewards. Yeah. Like, it's just imagine, like, I imagine Amy with a big staff, like a wizard. Oh, yeah, that's great. She yes. is ushering the little free libraries <laughs> across the street. Let <laughs> me says, um, I'm a little free library steward in my neighborhood and helped with a project to put two libraries in the SeaTac airport. Here's a little article about where they are with pictures oh. of the libraries. They were decorated beautifully by local artists. I remember a listener question a few months ago about whether it was okay to leave books in airport public spaces. Now anyone flying through Seattle who finishes their book can donate it. There are that. also little free libraries in a few other airports, and I hope the trend will continue. Oh, that's a really great, like, that if you're stuck in really an airport, great. and you know when you're like, oh, my flight just got delayed five hours, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go buy a book. It'd be great if you could just get one for free. Go to the little free library. Mm-hmm. Amy says, I listen to quite a few book podcasts, but I like yours best because I don't really need help with book recommendations. My TBR is out of control as it is, but I love the discussions of reading strategies and book tech. I moved my Goodreads data over to Storygraph after hearing about it from you and am loving it. Bria, do you want to read Amy's Wheelhouse? Yes. Dark Academia. Which we have to do an episode. We are doing an episode about Dark Academia. Creative retellings of classics. I write rom-com-ish contemporary retellings of Shakespeare's comedies. But as a reader, I can't resist a new take on Prime Prejudice. And was there actual magic or is this emotion just written about so gorgeously that it feels like there was ambiguity? Ooh. How specific. Love that. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. So quick bookmark for me. I am going to be on Go Fact Yourself, which is the Maximum Fun show on February the 26th at 2 p.m. They've announced the location. Go to their Instagram or my Instagram. You can see it. Please join us. You'll get to hear me talk about the things that I know things about, which is... Not a lot. Chocolate. You Dogs. know what? I did not say chocolate. Books. Dogs was on my list. Dog breeds. I felt like I knew enough about dog breeds. 
Now, I probably won't when it comes down to what they actually are asking. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I said books, and they're like, books is too general. Anyway, but come, uh, you can come see it live. Space books, chocolate, dogs. I said horror books. I said Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Yeah. I know a lot about that movie, weirdly. You also know a lot um, about the show. Uh, the show, but not as much. There's been a lot of seasons of the show, and that's when I got it's true. Anyway, um, come see me. Uh, 2 p.m. It's other. It's another Max Fun family show, so come check it out. Um, or also go subscribe to Go Fact Yourself, and it'll be out. Uh, you can also listen to it on your podcast catcher of choice. That's it. So before we talk about tracking your book locations, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Classes is brought to you in part today by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that can help you feel just the right amount of good. You've probably heard about microdosing, probably on this podcast, maybe from writers or artists, but all you need to know is that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Maybe you have insomnia and a hard time sleeping. Maybe you have a hard time relaxing. Maybe you need a little creative boost. Microdose gummies can help you out with all of this. I've used microdose gummies to help me wind down after I've worked out, but you can use them in the morning, in the evening, whenever you need. Whether you need a boost to your creativity or a little help for your sleep, Microdose Gummies has got you covered. And Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code CLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code CLASSES. CLASSES. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests. And bring them down to our level. We got stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Patton Oswalt. Can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. And Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, 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 Glasses Challenge. Track where your books it's take place. Now. <laughs> As if it wasn't silly before. Cut to us in 10 years, <laughs> just like, like, oh my God, how many glasses? Re reading off so many glasses. Uh, so why do we put this on this year's challenge, and how do you do it, and what are we hoping to get out of it? So first off, let's talk about why we put this particular item on the challenge this year. Honestly... We both thought it was really cool. Yeah, well, someone wrote <laughs> in and talked about how they did it. Yeah. And I just, we both were like, oh, it's not something I've ever tracked before. Yeah, so we were both like, that's interesting. awesome. Yeah, it was just interesting, I think, because we both track some things, and we were just curious what it would feel like to track something like this. Yeah, and it's always fun to include something in the challenge that isn't about hitting a particular mm -hmm. goal. This is not a read-a-book-from-every-country challenge. Oh, my God, it, can you imagine? That's a lot of countries. That's so many books. Um, it, this is just to see where the books you read usually take place, and we both thought it might be interesting information to have. Yeah, just kind of get-to-know-yourself info. Um so for all the rule-following glassers, ourselves included, how are we tracking this, Mallory? Yes. So it's easy to do if you are reading a literary fiction book that takes place in one country. Sure. 
are in a country that exists. Mm. Um, but if you have a fantasy or sci-fi book, honestly, use your best judgment. I've seen some people in the Slack uh, do it a few different ways. I'm personally just going, I'm putting, I'm, I've created a fantasy sci-fi category. I think oh. fantasy or uh -huh. space, I think is a great. Yeah, I've been just, well, I can talk about it, but I've been writing, I've actually gotten really specific with mine, writing down every space and like, so it's been interesting kind of writing down the city names of the weird sci-fi places that oh, that's I am. Cool. So I kind of like know where I am. A book transports you, you know? Where I, it's where I'm at. But like I'm reading Crescent City for the next 40 years. And um, so, I keep, so, you know, I wrote down Crescent City, which is not a real place. Horny town, horny USA, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yes. So I think, uh, yeah, I've been keeping up with those like specific cities, but I think you can also just write like sci-fi town. Yeah. And if it's honestly, if it takes place in America, track America, even if that America is full of aliens or fairies. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think if it is, if, yeah, exactly. Like if you're reading, um, yeah, I think the one you were going to talk about, um, uh, Library of the Dead. Yes. Right? Because that takes place in Edinburgh. We yeah. know it's in Edinburgh. And you can say Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, because I think the point is to kind of know where you are, even if, I mean, it's going to take things from that town culturally or that city or that yes. state or country culturally, even if it also has got some fairies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good information to have because if you read a lot of that, then you might want to add fantasy world, mm. outer space, horny town USA to mm. your wheelhouse, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, if you, I mean, in, in, within specific countries, if you want to say cities, if you want to say towns, get as specific or as vague as you want. I mean, yeah. maybe like saying Earth would probably Earth's be. too hard. Unless all you read is space books, so it's like Mars, Earth, <laughs> Venus. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, I just read space books. I don't, I, don't, I'm, I read futuristic sci-fi books on other planets. That's also a choice. But yeah, we would encourage you to like at least get specific by country. Yes. I mean, because the whole point of this is just for you to learn a little bit more about what you like about reading. Mm -hmm. um, Bria, what happens if a book takes place in multiple locations? Again, use your best judgment. For me, I am writing down all the locations. Like I, I read that book that took place where she goes all the way from England to Alaska. And so I wrote down all the little cities she went to just because I was kind of curious about it. Uh -huh. But you can also just count the main location. Like, yes. it's, it's you, like the main goal there was, you know, England and Alaska. So mm -hmm. you could just do those two if that is what's easier for you. Or Canada. You know, Canada was a big part of it too. But yeah, you can be as broad or as specific as you want. It's just kind of what you feel like you're getting out of it. Yes. If you're just like, I just want to make sure I read, you know, one book that doesn't take place in the U.S. Just try countries if yeah. that's your goal. That's what, Yeah, I've been doing countries. I haven't been doing cities. Mm -hmm. But you've been getting specific. I have because, well, I was reading this comic book. I read a comic book and a couple of different things that took place in England, in London. And that's so weird because I don't read a ton of stuff that takes place in London. Or no. maybe I do. I don't know. Wow, Edinburgh's going to get jealous. I know. I was surprised. But then I was like, you know, I am going to track the city because, you know, England and the UK are not London. And so, like, I felt important to me to think about, like, oh, I'm not reading. This is all very specific to a specific city. Yeah. You know, and so thinking about, like, oh, there are other places within this country, within this whole area that I'm maybe not reading about. So I am getting specific on that. I, Mallory, I I mean, I think I might continue doing this after we yeah. stop this. I think so. I think so. I'll tell you why in a moment. Yeah. I mean, on again. Everything we do on the show and everything we do with the challenge comes down to see if this improves your reading life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this tracking is all about. Maybe you find that you love books set in a particular location or you realize you've never read a book set in a particular place and now you really want to. Maybe you'll just find it interesting and never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a little getting more information about yourself is the goal. So how has this been going for you? 
Well, so I'll tell you what I've been enjoying. So every, so someone wrote, did you send this to me? This map? Yeah. Because I was going to print off a map. And I was like, oh, I'll print off a map and I'll just like mark where I've read. But instead, you sent me, I think, a scratch-off map. Yeah, I saw, I think a glasser posted about it in the Slack, and I was like, look at this it's thing. It's very cool. Okay, I was looking for a small one. I wanted one, like, the size of, like, you know, like, like a piece of paper. Instead, it is quite large, so just as a warning, it is. Because it's meant to, like, hang on your, because we should say, this is not a map that's meant to track your reading. It's right, just it's a regular map. where, it's, like, where you've gone in the world or something. Um, and I got it on Etsy. I You can get them multiple places. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but it's been really fun because I kind of been tracking. And then, you know, once I finish a book or have a break or something, I sit down at night, put on my little music, and then I go through and I scratch off the places that, I've, so cool. that I've been. I keep saying it's I've been, but I, I do been feel like I've been In there. your head. Yeah. And so, you know what's the most interesting to me? I am not great at geography. I have, this is, Neither am I. the public school system failed me a little bit, and America I've learned a lot. Fa- America fails all of us, yes. okay? I've learned a lot, but, like, a little story about me, and this is so embarrassing, but, like, a couple years ago, I went to Bulgaria for the first time to work, and I remember I got there, and they were talking about how I bordered on Greece, and I was like, what? Like, I did not know where the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, that's, like, very embarrassing. I am in my 40s. I should know where these Being countries Being an American is, is very embarrassing. It is, it, is, it, is a, it is a complete embarrassment. So, Y'all, this has kind of helped me to think about very, so like, you know, I actually don't, I'm, I know where things are in Canada, but I'm not super know. So it was interesting to go and pull out the map and pull up Google Maps and go and kind of scratch off these areas and know where I've been reading and being able to look at it on a map has been really helpful for mm-hmm. me. And there's something really satisfying about the scratching off. You know, it's oh, like a yeah. scratcher, like a, like but a lotto. You, yeah, but you're not gambling. I bet you're not, you're only gambling with your, with improving your mind. <laughs> And the gamble is you worth it. You sound like a teacher. Hey, kids, you want to gamble with improving you know, your life mind? Life improvement. So I've been having a great time with this. Um, I have these two maps. I wanted the world one. You, When I ordered it, it also came with an America one. So I scratched off the America one, too. I've been doing mm-hmm. both. Um, again, I'll put the link in the show notes. But I've been having a great time. It's been fun. That's the way I've chosen to track. But I've been keeping a little notes app on my phone. And then I just go and scratch off the map every, you know, couple of weeks or something. It hasn't been That's that long. That's so cool. Just in February. Um, what about you? How How is this going for you? I think I want to get one of those now. I've just been writing them down on a piece of paper. Honestly, very satisfying to scratch something off a map. All right. I think I'm going to order one. Because you know how when you do a lot of, like, oh, why yeah. do you have to scratch it? It's so fun, though. You know what I used to do? My father was a notorious scratcher fiend. And when he would like be done with one and it wasn't a winner he would give it to me and i would just scratch off the Same. rest of it your kid that was so fun that was so fun and that's kind of the only place i'm familiar with these scratching i was gonna say i don't think there are other areas of scratching it does leave a mess i will warn everyone oh yeah it, it does really leave does. you have to like go and like do a little sweep up after yeah it's like, Especially if you, like, like it's like all um, of canada like oh <laughs> that's a ton of space you know <laughs> it's like a uh, eraser um, yeah. Nubs. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly which is the like technical that. term. Yeah, yeah. Sure, that. of course. Obviously. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's been really interesting for me, too. I assume that I'd be reading a lot more books that take place in America. Mm. But at least so far into this year, it's a lot more spread out than I thought it was going to be. Oh, that's good. I was really surprised. Um, I read books so far that take place in Mexico, Philippines, England, Germany, Italy. And now it definitely makes you want to read more. I think that's the thing that I think is really cool about this is it makes you want to be like, oh, well this is blank. Maybe I need to find a book set here. Yeah. And that was what I kept thinking about my map is when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I have like a really good sense of where I've been reading books. Yes. And like the longer I have said map, 
which hopefully it will last in those little, I mean, I'll, I'll check in again at the end of the year, <laughs> but the, hopefully, you know, it won't rub off in any way, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Cause I think it is inspiring to go like, Oh, I never read books set in Russia, for example, or something. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool to tally it up at the end of the year. Honestly, that's kind of why I want a map now. Cause I just want to look at it at the yeah. end of the year. So maybe yeah. I'll, maybe I'll order one. I, what I, what's going to be surprising is I think I was like, Oh, I think I like read a lot of worldwide books. I think I'm going to like be surprised by how little area is covered. Oh, yeah. That's what, because especially because I'm scratching off cities. If it's specific, like I read um, a book and it all took place in uh, San Francisco. So I just scratched off, I didn't scratch off California, I just scratched off San Francisco. So now it's like, I have California, I do have Los Angeles done too, because I read a book that took place partly there. But it's like, there's a lot of California that's not scratched off, and I think I'm going to be surprised by how little is scratched by the end. You know, I think it points to how much we think that, like, one major... Like, everyone thinks that yeah. all of California is Los Angeles when that could not be further from the truth. Exactly. And say, like like you said, London is... The rest of England is not London. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, you, you can send your thoughts and uh, let us know how you're doing tracking your reading locations to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we talk to Cody Daigle Orions about his new book, I Am Ace. We're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by our friends over at Dipsy. Folks, it's Valentine's Day week. The day this episode drops, Valentine's Day was a couple of days ago, but there's still love in the air. Makes you want to read a little romance or erotica, don't you think? And you know who can help you out with that? Dipsy. Because Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters, discover stories about all kinds of sexy things, second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, hot and heavy hookups, sexy accents, different scenarios. Folks, we know that romance and erotica readers have their own favorite tropes, and you can search for them all over at Dipsy. And the best part is Dipsy is radically inclusive, and they have stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of their stories are voice acted by people of color. We love Dipsy, and whether or not you are a hardcore romance and erotica lover and you're always looking for more stuff, or you're someone who has never tried the genres, but you're really, really interested this is the perfect way to check it out because for glassers, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. So that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash glasses. So that means for a full month, you can get full access to all the sexy audio stories on Dipsy that you want. Why not? It's a free full month of all kinds of stories. It's so cool. Why not give it a try? This is the perfect time of year to, again, it's Valentine's Day week. Get yourself a little romantic present. Go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marble or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this.
So here we are with friend of the show, writer and educator, Cody Daigle-Oriens. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. What are you reading right now? I am two things. I'm just starting Don't Fear the Reaper by Stephen Graham Jones. Oh, yes. I I mean, whatever he, whatever he writes, I'm happy to be reading. I can't wait to dive into that. And I'm also reading uh, a book called Deep Sniff, A History of Poppers and Queer Futures by Adam Smith. Oh my Smith. God. Uh, it's, tell me about this book. So it's this, I, I'm obsessed. It's this really interesting history of pop. So it, it describes how poppers came to be, how they evolved, and how poppers became an integral part of queer male culture. And so it's, it's the story of poppers and the story of queer culture merged together. It is a like fascinating book. I love kind of weird histories. And this hits the spot for me. It's terrific. Oh, it sounds incredible. Uh, but speaking of incredible books, can you tell us about your book that's coming out next week? Yes. Um, my book is called I Am Ace, Advice on Living Your Best Asexual Life. Uh, and it is a very cool kind of first of its kind book aimed at young adult readers, but accessible to everyone that works as an introduction to asexuality. Uh, the asexual community is not super well known as a queer identity. And so this book sort of sits in the place of helping people who are questioning their sexual identity, thinking they might be ace, coming to realize they're ace, sort of walking them through the process of understanding what it is, understanding what that means for them and the people in their lives and what it means to be an asexual person in the world. So you have this awesome video series, Ace Dad Advice. How did that start and did the book evolve from that? Yeah, so so Ace Dad Advice started on TikTok kind of by accident. Um, because my barber, you're so cool. <laughs> the opposite. Uh, but yeah, so like my barber told me that I should download TikTok because it would be really cool and I'd very much enjoy it. Thank you, Todd, for doing that. So I did. And um, I made this video once where I identified myself as an asexual person and walked away at work for a couple of hours and came back to sort of like hundreds of comments and all these followers with like young people saying, wow, I didn't know ace adults existed. I've never seen an ace person that looked like you before. Um, You're I like a cryptid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like they'd never <laughs> like the Bigfoot literally uh, of, of ace, the ace community. And and it just sort of like struck me like, wow, there's there's maybe this place to to sort of be that kind of mentor elder in the community in this space to help teach and help encourage and help people feel like good about their asexuality. And uh, like in my life, I've always had kind of like a dad vibe. That's sort of my thing. And yes, so weaponize a, your dad vibes. <laughs> weaponize your dadness is a thing that I want. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that became a stat advice. Uh, and you know, the project is really just about providing a, a, approachable information about asexuality, but also encouragement and letting people know that you're not broken. You're a full human being as an ace person and you can have like tough feelings about it. Uh, it can be difficult sometimes, but in the end, you're whole and you're valuable and valid. And so this is also a historical book. This is the first book about asexuality for kids, right? Yeah, like there, I think there's like, it's the one that the first of its of its sort of depth and length. Uh, and uh, Recently, there was a, a much smaller intro to asexuality that came out that was uh, also included like uh, illustrations and things. But there isn't another book like it that really walks you through asexuality as completely as this one that is aimed specifically for younger readers. 
And how how young are we talking? Like, is this something that you could give like a twelve year old, a thirteen year old? Yeah, I think it's a, it's approachable for like upper middle school, like those kind of like eighth grade and up. Uh, sort of like high school is where the, the sweet spot really is for it. Uh, but it it's it's I think it's accessible to anybody who is like at that point of want, being curious and wanting to question or wanting to know about the asexual community. The book will meet you where you are. And what are you hoping these kids and, you know, and even adults who read the book take away from it? I just hope that people who grab the book, if for ace people who grab the book or people who think they might be ace, I just hope that they feel empowered to embrace this as an identity and embrace themselves fully and that they feel like they're not broken because that's the thing that comes up a lot in the ace community. You're feeling like we are, are broken somehow. And so to, for the book to counteract that idea would be amazing. For people who aren't asexual and just want to learn more, I hope that they come away understanding that our community is a wide spectrum of experiences. Uh, We come from all walks of life. Ace folks are everywhere and that there is nothing sort of absent about us, that this is a a whole, full, authentic human experience. Man, that is fucking beautiful, Cody. You are such a wonderful person. Uh, So... (laughs) Finally, our favorite question, what is your reader wheelhouse? What are tropes or subjects that will always get you to pick up a book? Um, Anything horror, anything queer, bonus points if they come together. Um, (laughs) I love friendship stories like slay me every time. Uh, I really love nonlinear storytelling that really messes around with time. Um, like like deep sniff histories of unusual things that i'm always down for uh and and i really love stories where people discover that uh, that ordinary people discover they have like extraordinary abilities or destinies love those stories gonna throw you a little bit of a curveball here and i would love to know i didn't put this in the outline but i would love to know Mm -hmm. if you have any ace novels with like ace protagonists that you love and would recommend for reading glasses listeners to check out yeah absolutely um loveless by alice osman fantastic book um let's talk about love by claire khan really fantastic book and how to be a normal person by tj clune man you are so good You had those ready. <laughs> I like th- that gets asked a lot. So I know I, I have that at the ready. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, so the book comes out. If you're listening to this when the episode comes out, it comes out next week. Uh, where can people buy it? Are you doing any events that people can check out? Yeah, the, the book is available at all the places that you can buy them. Uh, you know, of course, always encourage if there's an independent bookstore in your area, go support an independent bookstore because they are the best places in the world. And uh, yeah, if you go, my website is acedadvice.com and I have a, I have some, some virtual events that are going to be happening after the book comes out and I'm, and we'll be doing some, some in-person signings and things over the next several months. And all of that information is there. Awesome. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having, this was so much fun. Now let's solve a reader problem from one of our listeners. Lex writes in, Hi, Brian Mallory. I've been hooked on your podcast since I started listening a couple years ago. Thank you. I find myself in the midst of a dilemma regarding graphic novels. In episode 202, you had a discussion about books, newts, and how to deal with them. 
Since I was young, my mom has definitely been a book snoot, (laughs) especially regarding graphic novels and comics. She encouraged me to read a lot, but always told me that those didn't count as, quote, real reading. That mentality has been deeply ingrained into my very being, unfortunately. In recent years, my older brother has been getting me a lot of graphic novels that look awesome, and he's excited for me to read. However, I find it really difficult to pick one up and start reading thanks to the nagging voice in my head. Do you have any tips to help me overcome this hump and really get into some good graphic novels? Thank you so much for everything you do. You rekindled my love of reading and have opened my eyes to so many great authors and stories. You're welcome, Lex. Bria, what should Lex do? First of all, this is so sad. It is so sad. But I want to say, we understand why it happens. Like, there was part of me that I was like, oh, I understand why Lex's mom feels this way because, you know, I think that, like... There's a part of that mom that is trying to make sure that Lex reads the books that that mom thinks that they should be reading. Yeah, exactly. And and then I think we were all raised with this idea that, like, oh, I'm an adult, I can't read a middle-grade book. Oh, I'm an adult, I can't read comic books anymore because comic books were trash. Yeah. People thought of them as trash for so goddamn long. They thought they're they're juvenile. Yeah, yeah. Not as important. Yes. Um, So I'm sorry this is happening to you, um, and we're here to tell you, you can read a comic if you want. You should read. In fact, I think you should. You can read comics if you want to. You can leave your mom behind. <laughs> Don't leave your mom behind. No. <laughs> but you can read comics if you want to. Um, I know what Mallory's going to say, and I totally agree. Uh, this oh, was going to be what I was going to say. Is, this is but good instead, advice, too. I, I'll agree with Mallory, but I also say... Maybe start with a book. Like, so you're trying to ease in. You're putting your little, your little toe in, trying to see if, like, can I read a comic and not feel weird book guilt mm-hmm. about it? What if you started with a nonfiction comic? There's a lot of great ones, but one of my favorite ones from a couple years ago, two years ago, last year? Was it just last year? Oh, my God. Oh. What year is it? I think it was 2020, actually. Maybe Ooh, it's Who could say? I think honestly. it was 2020. Anyway. It's called CQ, A Journey Through American Loneliness by Kristen Radke. You'll learn something while reading it, mm-hmm. but it also has like a memoir aspect to it. It's about loneliness, but it is it is a graphic novel. There are drawings. It will feel like you're reading a graphic novel, but it will also feel like you're reading a nonfiction book. And maybe it will break down that barrier for you because you'll you'll feel like, oh, this is like, I'm at least learning something. And the, you know, I'm at least reading a nonfiction title while I am reading a graphic novel. And that might help you to break down that barrier a little bit. Because I think our goal right here is like, it's a little bit of like sneaking in a little bit of fun so that gradually you can learn to have fun all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like riding a mini roller coaster and then eventually you you get up to the Texas Giant. What's the Texas Giant? I think that, isn't that the Texas? Yeah, it's like the biggest roller coaster. I don't know. Some, definitely Texas. Maybe not. I don't even know. But it was this giant roller coaster when I was a kid. It was at Six Flags. And um, it's massive. And it's, oh, it's the largest wooden roller coaster, I think. Oh, no. And it is um, so rickety. And when you watch people go down it, the whole thing, like, blah, 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 shakes. No. I don't know if it's still around. Um, I'm looking at anyway, it But anyway, Texas Giant. Eventually, you can ride the Texas Giant of graphic novels or whatever it is that you, you can start reading fun stuff. Because I almost was like, oh, just jump right in and read, like, you know, Saga or something really exciting and fun. But maybe start with something where you don't feel guilty because we're not here to make you feel guilty. It, now, they have changed it to a steel one. Because uh, they were like, these boards are not going to last. Like someone longer. is going to die on this yeah, thing. Definitely. R.I.P. Texas Giants. Yeah. What uh? What uh? What do you have for Lex? Well, like Bria said, this is a widely relatable problem. I think there's a lot of people out there whose parents, with good intentions, told them not to read graphic novels because they weren't real reading. You know, even though those parents or librarians or teachers might have good intentions, this is a trash baby thought. This is a terrible notion. And so, I think my advice and your advice is. Uh, 
to help get you over this hump, you need to find some graphic novels that have won prestigious awards. Yeah, I like this idea. It's hard for that voice in your brain to argue that a graphic novel isn't a, quote, real book if it's won a Pulitzer or a National Book Award or a Caldecott Medal. Do a search for award-winning graphic novels and see if any of the ones you see are appealing to you. Uh, Honestly, every time you pick it up and see that gold or silver seal on the cover, it'll be a little signal to that voice to shut the fuck up. Obviously, all graphic novels are real books, but sometimes you need to break out the big guns to get over that nagging voice. And I think, I mean, there are so many comics that, like, Mouse is a huge one. I think that, that's, I've thought that about one, the Pul- yeah. Pulitzer, you know, it's it's really hard to say that something isn't a real piece of literature if it's won the fucking Pulitzer Prize, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was just looking here as well. But, yeah, there's so many. I mean, you also have, like, uh, March that won the Coretta Scott Keene Book Award, you know? And, like, yeah. that's an amazing historical book. You know, um, uh, it just also has art in it. Yeah. So, uh, Lex, if you do any of this stuff and it helps you, let us know. We'd love to hear uh, some follow up on this and maybe uh, get some confirmation that these uh, tips will be helpful to you and any other people struggling with graphic novel guilt. And if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and maybe Rachel, who are moderating our Goodreads page. I think after this, this is the final warning. From here on out, I'm just going to say Chrissy. Fair. We haven't heard from Rachel. Rachel, let us know. Uh, And remember, if you want to support us and our hungry animals and look really cool doing it, you can buy Reading Glasses merch. There's so much stuff and so many colors and so many sizes and so many types of fabrics and totes and mugs and pillows and journal, all kinds of cool stuff uh, over at our Void Merch store. There's stickers that you could put on your book journals. There's all kinds of stuff, and it looks amazing. We're re- we really love it. We use it ourselves, and it supports us. There's a link in the show notes to that. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It's really great for us and helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for reading. reading.